Hey everyone, welcome to Buzzing About Romance, a quick shot of romance. I'm Becky, and joining me for this quick shot is Leah. Hi, Leah. Hi, Becky. Um, so I have to say this episode isn't going to drop, I think, until June, but we are reading and recording this at the beginning of May, but I read this in April. April was a really emotional book month, and now all of you people are getting to listen to these emotional book reviews. April killed us. Like, honestly, like, I think, like, every other book I read, like, was emotionally, like, draining. Yeah. Like, I was in book hangover hell this, like, for the month of April. But what, the reason I bring this up is when everybody is like, oh, what are your best reads of the year? And when every book comes out of April, you now know why. Yeah. There was a lot of good books in April, but that's the thing. Like, they were all emotionally, like, emotionally, like, over the... like not even over the top like they were just they were a lot like I cried well like I mean I tear up at books but like I had ugly tears like a couple times but it was not unnecessary emotion or unnecessary angst so part of the reason that I felt like it was really important that we do quick shots of romance about these is because well some people might say oh those are really angsty reads but they're they're not not angsty they're just really emotional that give us some peeks into souls and maybe even a little insight into yourself and that's this book here yes this book honestly like it got me in the feels and it actually no i emailed marie johnston like after i finished it because i actually am on her arc team and so i get the books like really early and so i emailed her like my review links and i i sent her a message i was like you hit me in all the feels and i don't know how like i feel about that so um on this quick shot of romance we're reviewing make me exhale by marie johnston um this is book five in the oil baron series the series can absolutely be right as standalones mm-hmm. um yeah because you misstudied this series anyway. i did i did um you can find the synopsis to this book on our on the shelf show notes at buzzingaboutromance.com um we're kind of doing that a little right now we're not giving you the synopsis reads just because we'd rather take the time to tell you more about the book and our feels and yeah. i got lots of them for this one <laughs> you do have lots of them i do too but this book was released March 10th of 2023. The tropes are small town, age gap, grumpy sunshine. It's a foodie beer romance, DIY. It is a slow burn. Close it proximity because is... they're co-worker-ish. Mm-hmm. Well, like, she ha- like he is working for her. Um, it is the final book in the Oil Baron series. It's not the end of this world, though. Um, she is spinning off, and it is an interconnected standalone. Um, Isla, who is the heroine, is the sister of the previous book's yeah. hero. Um, the put-out percentage is 59%, and this is a new piece of the quick shot of romance. Is there a third act breakup? Yes, Yes, there is. Yeah, there was. I'm still not sure I'm okay, except, so with this piece of Quick Shots of Romance, we're going to tell you yes or no, but we are not going to spoil things. But Mm -mm. we've noticed a trend lately when people are asking for book recs, they want to know if Mm -hmm. we're going to give a third, if there's a third act breakup or not. Um, yeah, because it's it's big on topic right now. Like, is the third act breakup necessary? And we recently did an episode about third act breakups and if we like them and all of those. Becky things. needs them. Um, okay, so let's talk about this book. Yeah. Um, let's start with Isla Barron. She is the mm-hmm. youngest of Cameron and Naomi's children and has recently inherited her trust fund at the age of 25. College graduate, 
She is their youngest child. And her parents are not... Warm? They Okay, but I will say... Do the parents have their own book? No. Okay, so the parents kind of through this... These their children's their children's books have their own little background character arc. They do. There's a lot of character growth for the parents. There was, but so as a parent of older teens and almost a twenty year old, finding that line of being parent or guidance mm-hmm. is very difficult. When do you stop momming? When do you stop trying to direct them in the way you think they should go? And when do you start to let them fall? And for Cameron and Naomi, they just want to control. They don't want to let go. Mm -hmm. They want to say in everything. And the only right way to do anything is their way. I could relate to them. I do not like them, but I could relate. Well, and I think that that's the thing. You can relate to them. You can relate to their choices. But there are some things, some choices that they have made in the past that you're like, wow, these are terrible people. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about Isla's character just herself without her parents or anything. Mm -hmm. She is young. She has ideas. She has hopes. She has dreams. She's not aimless, but everybody kind of dismisses her. It's, I don't even think they dismiss her. They don't see her. Like she's there, but they don't really, they don't really pay attention. Like she, ha- she is driven. She has a goal. Like she, but she's been kind of pushed to the background for so long that she, doesn't know how to get out of it well and there's this conflict between her parents and she has a half brother and a whole and a full-blooded brother and there's conflicts between the parents and the brothers Mm -hmm. and um the half brother is not even really in the family circle with mom and dad and the other brother has finally stood his ground and said I'm moving forward without you. You cannot control me. And has been more um, open, staunch too with like his trajectory. Like he had a plan. He went with it. He versus Isla kind of played her plans of her future close to her chest. Mm -hmm. She came home, graduated from college and her parents looked at her and thought she was aimless without plan because she didn't open herself up. And I feel like in this family dynamic, she was kind of the child, it is best to be seen and not, and not heard. heard. And she never knew how to find her voice. Well, and I think part of it too is, so she is in charge of the farmer's market in this small town. And her dad has a hard time letting her take charge. Like he has a She's not assertive either. She's not assertive. And she's just one of those things where like she gets frustrated, but she doesn't stand up for herself. But so she has been, but it's one of those things where it's happened so much that she doesn't know how to stand up for herself. And I think that's the biggest thing is like her older brother, like finally like made the decision of 
I am an adult. I can make my own choices. The choices that they forced on me in certain aspects was wrong because they blamed people that had no like control over the situation. And so Stetson is like, I'm done allowing them to do this. And he set boundaries. My heart, I spent a lot of time with my heart broken for Isla. Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of myself in Isla. She is totally yeah. the person that is alone in a crowded room. Yeah. She doesn't have anybody. She had her best friend, but her best friend is now married to her brother and they have a baby and she doesn't want to intrude. She doesn't want to constantly text them because she knows that she's working and she has a family and right. a farm and it's a lot. And I think all of us have been that person where you're feeling a little lonely, but you don't take that step to reach out and say, hey, what's going on? Do you guys want to have dinner tonight? You just, you don't Mm -hmm. because you don't want to be a bother. And that's Isla. She didn't want to be a bother to anyone. And there's this really impactful scene in the grocery store. Yeah. Isla is buying groceries and she overhears a conversation between her cousin's wife's. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about a family barbecue. They frame it as a family barbecue. Everybody is getting together. Everybody will be there, kids and adults. And Isla hurries up and pushes out of the aisle um, so that they don't see her. But then ends up one of the wives whose house the party is going to be at is, um, or is it her sister-in-law? I think, well, yeah, I think it's Kennedy. Kennedy. So it's actually her half brother's wife. The Kennedy invites Isla last minute mm-hmm. because, and Isla feels, and I feel it too, like she was only invited because they know she overheard. Yeah. It's a, it was totally a pity invite. And it's one of those things where, like, I know how that feels. Yeah. It's, not, it's a not a good feeling. feeling. No. And, As much as now, Isla, you would think, like, it's kind of poor little rich girl, but she's never down on herself. She just, it forces her to close herself off even more. Mm -hmm. So she doesn't run the risk of being hurt. Well, and there's a moment with her best friend who, like, who feels really bad that this is happening. But, like, when you're a new mom, it's overwhelming. But at the same time, it like, is overwhelming. But if you having read her time, book and all the, the stuff relationship that they had, it was very frustrating that it, it happened the way that it did. But I felt like even she and Stetson f- treated Isla like an afterthought. Mm-hmm. And that she, and again, I understand we're all consumed, you know, when you're a mom, you're consumed with your kids. Like all yeah. of these characterizations, the way they were written. They all make sense. It makes for an impactful story. Um, And it deals with a lot of big emotions, which I love in a romance book. I love when we get these big emotions that are really authentic. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been the young mom. We've been the person left out. We've been Mm -hmm. the daughter who's holding the expectations. Like, we've done all these things. And to read in a book, it gives you kind of a little boost of like, I'm not alone. And I love that in a romance story. I like that the way this is written by Marie Johnston, I don't, I feel a little less alone today than I did before I read it. 
Well, and one thing I really like about this book is the fact that like, as the book progresses, Isla, like she learns how to assert herself. She learns how to stand up for herself. She learns that her opinions matter and they are important, but it is a gradual thing. It is not like all of a sudden she's like, I'm going to stand up for myself. Like it takes almost the entire book for her to like see and recognize, like I can do this. Like I am capable like she, she believed in herself and her business plan, but she did not believe in herself and like her personal aspect. And I, and that was the biggest thing. She has such a transformation from this in like, she's, she can't stand up for herself. It's not that she doesn't have a backbone because she did. She just did not put herself out there. Yeah. And say, this is what I need you to do for me, or I need you to not do this for me. Yeah. And I like that a lot. So let's talk about McCoy Cunningham. He is the project manager that is there to help Isla um, turn this old foundry, this train Mm -hmm. foundry, into a craft brewery distillery. Such a cool idea. It is Okay, I just can I just say something? I thought the name was stupid. Everybody calls the building the foundry. Why wouldn't you just why wouldn't you just lean into that? I but she was gonna call it the reserve barrel to go like then that kind of confused me because if you're gonna call a beer like if you're gonna call it the reserved barrel with a like a barrel themed like oil kind of thing, why wouldn't you then do whiskey? Like for a craft brewery, I think I think she I that was that was my big hangout too. I didn't like the name either. Like I thought she really should just lean into the foundry and then that's what everyone like, called it. Well, and then go with like the oil themes for like the beer names or something like or that. Or train but... themes. You know? <laughs> but tanker. That, that's a moot that is a moot point. Listen, I needed to focus on that for a minute. Um McCoy so McCoy is the project <laughs> man- manager. He is there working for McDaniel Construction, yes. which is owned by his by mother, his Sylvia. Now Isla was smart. She had done all her research. She went online. She went looking. She found this company. They specialize in turning buildings into breweries. Mm-hmm. And McCoy himself has a history in brewing. He ran yeah. a successful brewery with his ex-wife in Nashville. And he kind of has a dark tale of a past because... Yeah. He has some hangups. He has he his his um, biological father was abusive to him and his mother. Mm-hmm. His stepfather was well known in construction, but also in brewery, and kind of created this company that Sylvia is managing now. And the stepdad has passed. Yeah, he got out of his brewery not because he wanted to, but because he got screwed over by his ex wife. And I don't want to spoil who else was involved in that because it plays into the story a little bit yes. as to why he is afraid to trust. Now, I'm going to say this, but I love this book. I want you guys to know I love this book. I recommend this book. McCoy was a shitty ass hero. I hated him. I hated him because he plays games. He does. Not so much in the relationship with Isla, but as so many people around her are just ignoring her or forgetting she exists, he's dicking around with her and her dream. He is. 
<laughs> well, and it's the fact that like he could have stopped it a lot but sooner, he didn't. but he didn't. He yeah. didn't stop it, and that's the thing. Like he, he is so blinded by what happened in his past that he just stereotypes her and is like it doesn't matter she's gullible like she is naive well and And again a mama's boy he was a mama's boy he felt he owed his mother not just for this opportunity that she was giving him because of his past but because of what she had been through before Mm -hmm. but he he has written like such a freaking mama's boy that it is obnoxious to the point that like i really just wanted her to like kick him out and and she does um when it comes when, when it push comes, comes to shove and, and she realizes that you know he kind of and i don't want to spoil this for anybody he makes but, some choices well the like the thing is but, he doesn't choose her and that's the big thing like, and he doesn't grovel anything he, he does not grovel enough her. when no, he comes he back because there is a third act breakup he does not grovel enough to, mm. in my opinion, for her to be like, come on back. Yeah. We'll do this together. Like he's he does grovel a little bit though, so he's not he's not a Nico. Oh level no, he was groveling. Mm-mm. No. Like kick him to the curb. I honestly, if the emotions hadn't been so good in this book, I probably would have chucked my Kindle. And been done. But because of the way that it's written and the emotion that's written into it, I just identified so much with Isla and her journey that I didn't care about McCoy. And what a dummy, 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 dummy dummy he is. Yeah, he is a dummy. And it's it's one of those things where the emotion and Isla really carry this book in her story and honestly Cameron and Naomi like their secondary story of growth like they make this book they do and honestly like I loved Stetson and his his story with his with Isla's best friend I thought that book was great we did a happy hour with Marie it was a great read but in this book I don't have a lot of love for them right now like Mm-hmm. So maybe she needs to write us like an extended epilogue, a newsletter exclusive or something that makes me love the family again, because yeah. like I'm fine to go on to the next series. I'm excited for it. I know where she's going when she's spinning this off. But there were there were things in this, especially McCoy. And well, but I wonder if we did not identify with Isla the way that we do if we would have different feelings about it and we might i think and i i think that's part of it like the fact that like we do have similar issues but i also think especially for isla she had a not great relationship with her mother yeah like there was animosity there was a lot of angst between her and her mother so she thought she had found this very formidable but compassionate businesswoman in Sylvia and at the end of the day instead of Naomi and Cameron being the villains like they had been in previous books Sylvia and by default McCoy Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. become the villains. Yeah. And I don't think there was enough redemption. Like, I was okay with them getting together. I'm okay with their happily ever after. I totally believe in it. But I wouldn't have invited Sylvia to the wedding <laughs> or the opening no. or anything. No. I mean, unless you're wearing your petty pants. I would have been wearing my petty pants big. Because she, mm, she did some, anyway. She I'm, did her dirty. We'll just say that. She did her dirty. Not going to spoil it for anybody. But just be prepared that it's the emotion in this book that saves it. Oh, it's the emotion in this book that carries it. Like, yeah. honestly, it carries it. It's a, it's, it's a good read. You do not want to miss it. But you no. will want to do some dick punching. A lot. A lot. Just throwing that out there. Anyway, anything else we should know about? Uh, no, just read the book. But you can start with this one, and then you can go back to book one and work your way through, or you can you can just really start wherever. They're all delightful. Okay. Um, Leah, thank you for joining me for this quick shot of romance. Anytime. Until next time, everyone. Happy reading, everybody. Find us on Instagram at buzzingaboutromance or on Twitter at buzzingromance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.